Welcome to the Soul Space Podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. You have returned to the Soul Space Podcast. Uh, we just finished up two segments with um, Melee Search, uh, and we're going back into olden times with some of the origins of how Soul Space came to be, talking about uh, expression engine and expression engine related tech. Uh, it's still alive and well. On the podcast today, I have Tom Yeager from Packet Tide. Hello. And uh, Brian Nielsen from Packet Tide as well, working on Expression Engine with Tom. And from the Soul Space team, John Henry Donovan, out in picturesque Cork, Ireland. Yep. Um, so, this first segment, we're going to talk about um, some of the backstory with Expression Engine. Tom, you can get us caught up on where things are, how things are going, what you're working on. Um, you know, what's been transpiring over the last few years since you took it over. And what we really want to do is set the stage so that we get it, we can get into talking about coil pack and get a feel for what this is and, and what kind of an innovation it is for the expression engine community, how it ties other systems in and, and opens up a lot of possibilities. So, Tom, maybe you could talk a little bit about um, the history of how you guys came to acquire expression engine and take ownership of it and stewardship of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't. I don't think this short story has been shared um, very broadly. So uh, this is a bit of a first, which is cool. So um, you know, as some people who are listening to this may be aware, uh, as part of Packet Tide, um, we created EE Harbor, and you know, over an arc of you know maybe ten years or so, we did a lot of acquisitions of uh, specifically Expression Engine add-ons, and. Um, I guess we're going back three or four years here. Um, we had acquired a lot of add-ons and I had actually started a dialogue with Derek Jones at the time, the president of Expression Engine, um, about the potential of acquiring Expression Engine. And um, it, it, didn't, it didn't go too far. Uh, I think a lot of that was on our end, actually. Uh, we, we weren't really sure that it was an endeavor we were ready for that we wanted to jump into. Um, I knew that going into, I don't remember which Expression Engine conference it was, I think it was Nashville. Um, I knew that Rick Ellis was going to be there. And I was planning to talk to him about, you know, kind of open dialogue, if, if you will, with Rick and say, hey, um, you know, is this of interest to you? you know, kind of mechanically, what would those pieces look like? I know that uh, you and I have had some of those conversations as well. You know, what do those pieces look like to do an acquisition? Um, Quick way of background, we did acquire a few soul space add-ons, you know, several years ago as well. Um, so we did, I was planning to talk to him and at that conference, uh, before any of the sessions kicked off, uh, it was announced that Digital Locations um, had acquired Expression Engine. So they announced it at that event. Um, so that, that was kind of an interesting turn of events for me because I was, I was thinking I was going to open a dialogue in one hand to say, hey, you know, what, what would it look like? What do these pieces look like to come together? Uh, and then all of a sudden, we basically, you know, realized, okay, that conversation is not happening. Um, I'd say maybe a month later, uh, the folks at Digital Locations reached out to us, actually, um, and asked if they could acquire us uh, at EE Harbor, if you will. And I think part of that was an overall strategy that they had to um, go from an op open source product that was free open source at the time 
and increased revenue and an ultimate growth strategy, if you will. Um, you know, we kind of, I don't want to say we hemmed and hawed, because uh, we didn't really hem and hawed. We talked to them a few times and then probably about a month later, just kind of informed them, hey, we're not, you know, we're not interested in being acquired at this stage. And I think on the personal note, it just kind of felt like um, our song wasn't sung yet and, you know, weren't just weren't ready to kind of, you know, feel like we were shutting down something we've worked so hard over the years to build. Um, yeah. And there was, it, when Digital Tide took over Express Engine, there was, there's a few gasps in the community. I remember that it was this unknown company that we'd never heard of in the before. So there was nervousness around that as well. You know, it was interesting conversations for us talking with them. Um, you know, they, they had owned simultaneously several different publicly traded companies. Um, and they were looking to pull us into the, you know, essentially the digital locations entity. Um, we said no. And then about a year later, um, I got a call from Rick and, uh, Rick basically, this is just before the next expression engine conference, if you will, uh, basically said, uh, Hey, uh, digital locations is going to be looking to divest expression engine. Um, would you be interested in picking it up? And how long was uh, that? What was that time frame bef- between when they acquired it and wanted to divest? About a year. Okay. About a year. Yep. Uh, and there's there's reasons for that. Um, I don't think we need to go into those necessarily, but uh, in, in part, I don't think it's mine to share, to be honest. Um, and, you know, we just said, yes, yep, we, we'd be happy to, to chat about that. Uh, and then within about a week, the deal was basically done, if you will. Um, we went to the Expression Engine Conference and we couldn't say anything yet because, uh, you know, it hadn't because they're a publicly traded company. There's laws around when they can say and when they can't. They had their date, which was supposed to be after the conference where they were going to release it, uh, you know, as news to shareholders. And ultimately, uh, they announced it on the last day of the conference, which was insanely awkward for us because um, we're, we're still, you know, obligated to not say anything. Uh, we're here. Uh, you know, the news that Digital Locations was divesting came out. And then I think it was a Sunday. And then roughly that Tuesday is when it was announced that we acquired Expression Engine. So, were either of you at that conference? No, no, me neither. Um, but I remember, I remember the Twitter chat around the time when news came out that you did acquire it. And I think it was kind of a sigh of relief among the community that there was someone that the community knew and would take good care of it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that being the feeling, and I remember the feeling of who? Who? Wait, publicly traded company acquires what is this? This is how could this culturally? be a fit in a way that has meaning to the people who've been using it for so long. So yeah, I, I was at a loss for that and relieved Tom when you took it over. By that time, I had gotten disillusioned uh, with um, with the product, with the, the company behind it, and had begun moving on anyway. Um, but now you got me interested again, you know, so we're going to talk about coil pack at some point too, but so we're going through the history and now, now expression engine belongs to uh, packet tide. And what's the plan? What do you, when you got it, what was the, you know, how quickly did you have, did it take you to come around to having some ideas for what to do next? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, right off the bat, we had uh, a tremendous amount of ideas, uh, you know, of our own and also from the community at large. 
And it kind of quickly became this um, exercise to separate, you know, kind of the forest from the trees. Um, you know, we had been very involved in the add-on ecosystem, if you will, but we hadn't uh, we hadn't studied deeply on the CMS sphere, if you will, and where where we felt like CMS is needed to head, where expression engine needed to head. So that became kind of an exercise for us to look at it and say, okay, based on where Expression Engine is now and all of these ideas that we have floating around, uh, you know, where do you take things? And it's it's not necessarily even just where do you take things, but you look at CMSs and you start assessing the landscape and saying, okay, you know, you kind of see where WordPress is over here and you see you know, where Drupal is and um, you, know, t- you take a look at the kind of the competitive landscape as a whole. You start asking yourself, you know, fairly fundamental business questions. Um, what's the best vertical? What's the best vertical for Expression Engine to run in? Where has it traditionally done well? What audience has it traditionally done well with? What businesses has it done well equipping um, and serving? Uh, you know, is it is it higher ed? Is it agencies? Is it Fortune five hundreds? Is it you know sole developers? Um, you start start going through all of those questions. And the answer isn't just a single um, customer, if you will, or a single use case. You know, it's very multifaceted. So then you, you know, you kind of take take that layer off, and you go into another layer deeper, and you say, okay, well, if I look at CMSs today and where they're heading, you know, wh- what are the main growth verticals that are driving the industry currently? Um, it doesn't make sense to chase that. Does it? Does it make sense to say, hey, hang on? Um, where, where are we really strong already and double down in that area? Um, so, you know, if, if I look at that first year, um, I should zoom out real quick. Kind of going to the first year too, there was substantial progress made on version six. I think going into the acquisition, we didn't have a good understanding of exactly how much progress there was. I think we, we thought there was a lot more than there was. Um, and that's, I don't hold that as Ellis Labs fault, if you will. Uh, you know, I think we we had taken a look at where things were, and we thought we'd be out with version six, you know, in a matter of a few months. And ultimately, it took us about a year. Um, and there's there's a lot of reasons for that. But you know, so simultaneously, while we're trying to do this deep dive, we're trying to assess where the product is as a whole towards the next major version. Um, it was it was a bit of a journey the first year for sure. Uh, quite quite literally, figuring out how do you best look at this. Uh, and then ultimately, how do you strategize towards the future and what that looks like? So tell, tell me some about that strategy. Yeah. Um, you know, some of it's kind of uh, what I mentioned. You kind of look at the verticals and you say, hey, um, you know, what's being served well? What areas in the web world as, at large are growing and growing fast? Um, you know, and I think when you look at the growth areas, it, it gets very interesting. Um, then when you look back at where Expression Engine has traditionally done really well, uh, enabling you know designers, developers, and agencies to deliver products uh, you know in an expedited manner from where they were, you know pre-Expression Engine, if you will. Um, and you look at that combo, you know where where you believe things are heading and where Expression Engine is, and you just you start asking fundamental questions like, okay, well, where where do you think things are going? You know, and you start seeing these trends. Uh, and then it's not just where things are going, but how do you position Expression Engine, you know, as a as a product, and then ultimately as a brand, uh, in a way that enables people to continue to use the product they love, but also ultimately reaches towards what we would call the adjacent possible, um, and open up these new avenues and doors uh, for modern development. 
And, you know, when we started asking those questions, that's where we started, you know, coming up with things like, okay, front-end editing, what, what does that look like um, in the expression engine world? What does it look like to do it well when you're dealing with structured content and not just, you know, point and click and edit, right? And that's, that's where Expression Engine Pro for V6 came out, where we really pulled the control panel forward to the front end of the site uh, to really harness structured content and editing. And then we looked forward and we said, okay, well, what does it look like to really embrace modern development and that's where we started looking towards Coilpack and said, hey, you know, we have, we have this idea. And um, I'm sure, you know, I know Brian hasn't said much. Coilpack started, you know, two years ago, maybe something along those lines as a, you know, kind of a conversation, a, you know, hey, is something like this even possible? Is it in the realm of possibilities um, to kind of, you know, blow the doors open for what could be done? Um and what does that look like? And uh, so those early conversations started happening around Coilpack as well. And you know, this is this is kind of all within that first year, if you will, where we started, you know, thinking through where Expression Engine is, where it needs to head, um, who who are we serving, uh, what value are we bringing, and uh, you know, wanting to stay true to what Expression Engine is, uh, and keeping that as kind of a, a cornerstone, if you will, in the future of Expression Engine as a whole. So. Um, you know, I'm kind of focusing on the first year here. That was a lot of the first year, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I can't take the suspense anymore. Brian, what's Code Pack? Uh, Coil Pack. Coil Pack is a, um, a package that we're introducing that will help you uh, use your Expression Engine content through a Laravel install and kind of bring in a lot of the powerful packages and uh, the ORM eloquent in Laravel and just bind that to your expression engine content and give you a way to write templates in Twig, in Blade, um, use a lot of the Laravel live wire components to, you know, build your site, pull your expression engine content through to those components. And um, there's just so much more, all, all the tools that come with Laravel, the de debugging, um, web sockets. We've done a lot of Laravel development over the years. That was primarily what I worked in, um, we got really into it in Laravel 4. And, um, you know, just recently, I've kind of come over more to the expression engine side. And, and like Tom said, for several years, we've talked about how can we use our, our Laravel experience, this code that we've really enjoyed and, and has taken the PHP community by storm. I mean, it's, it's incredible what it's done. Um, how can we, you know, harness this with expression engine or, or put it into expression engine and um, you know, get that power out. So that's really where Coil Pack is. Um, I don't know if that's a good explanation. Brian, I heard I was reading um, Slack, the Slack recently, and you gave a good explanation where the actual name came from, uh -huh. which kind of fits into the whole expression engine. So my dad is uh, an auto mechanic, and I've spent a lot of my childhood underneath old cars. We would, for the longest time, buy wrecked cars, and um, we would fix them. And that's how we always got, you know, a, a quote unquote new car. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm kind of excited Expression Engine has the naming scheme it does, but Coil Pack, uh, we settled on that name because of what it does. It, it really is giving this jolt of, you know, voltage to Expression Engine. It, it's empowering it and Laravel, um, you know, is this illuminate component, a lot of light theme 
in there. And, and this is really the coil pack that provides the spark to the engine and um, is really a fitting name for what we're doing, I think. Yeah, it's good branding. Nice. It's one of the few names over the years, I've had lots of name suggestions for packages that we've done at Packet Tide. And I feel like this is one, one where Tom's just like, I love yeah. it. <laughs> so let's, you know, boots yeah. on the ground sort of an ex- explanation or example of, of what you might be able to do. Like from, from the perspective of, of the audience I target with this podcast, you know, you, you're a digital marketer, you have um, among your many web properties, you might have a couple of expression engine sites that were built a while ago. Um, they're still running. They're still doing their job. They're way out of date. You're probably under pressure from your hosting provider to do an upgrade, and that means your EE install probably needs to get upgraded too. But what um, what could they talk to their developers and designers about um, and bring to them an interest in what uh, kind of possibilities Coilpack opens up? What are some use case examples? Yeah, great question. Uh, for starters, um, the site will need to be upgraded to version 7. Uh, of Expression Engine to harness Coilpack. Um, Coilpack is really about uh, enabling solutions, uh, enabling business solutions, development solutions, um, as well as just pushing beyond what you would traditionally even do in an Expression Engine install. So um, what does that look like? It, you know, it looks like being able to take advantage of uh, technologies like REST, GraphQL, and Twig uh, in conjunction with Expression Engine. Um, you know, beyond that, though, if we look at problem solving for a business or an agency, uh, it's really opening the Laravel ecosystem, uh, you know, basically in its entirety uh, to, so- to solve business problems, um, you know, whether that's an application that you want to add on or if you want to add a new section to uh, a content site, or you want to do something with GraphQL, um, you know, you can easily do that. If you want to do more complex interactions uh, or processes that need like a queue where you, you know, you queue up a ton of data that then gets processed in the back end, uh, you know, those are all examples of ways that you could extend even an existing Expression Engine in, uh, install or site, if you will, to really harness the power of Laravel. And that's that's really what it's about. It's about harnessing the power of Laravel in conjunction with Expression Engine. Brian, anything you'd add to that? Yeah, I would say there are so many Laravel packages out there to connect with many different services. You know, it's really the most popular PHP framework. And this kind of opens that door, that ecosystem, like you said, to Expression Engine developers, where, you know, there might not be a plugin for every service. Um, and this kind of gives that bridge. I also think for me, you know, I had started with Expression Engine, it must be 12 years ago now or something when I was at a WordPress agency. And uh, we had one site that just needed a lot of custom things. We were doing quizzes, all this other stuff. And WordPress just at, at the time wasn't cutting it. And I knew a little bit of Code Igniter, and we kind of went down the Expression Engine road and, and that ended up being a really good fit. But I think a lot of what made Expression Engine what it was then was Code Igniter, was this great framework behind it that you could, you know, get in there and write really nice code. It had great documentation. Um, it was just this super useful tool behind it. And I think what we're doing here is kind of recognizing that Laravel, you know, is kind of the successor to Code Igniter. And um, this is kind of opening that door to to let developers who 
need to pull this content. They want to have a nice back end for their their end customer to put this data in, but really they're comfortable with Laravel. You know, it, it's this framework that they've used for the last four years and they can be extremely productive in it. Um, this kind of gives them a way to to do that. Okay. I have a question about Coipack from, um, just because I don't know an awful lot about it. So it it's basically, does it work both ways? So does it, are you taking everything you can from Express Engine and you can use it in Laravel or can you push information back into Express Engine as well using Coilpack? Yeah, so the, I know we won't get too technical, um, but yeah. but the kind of setup that we're doing at, at this point, so I'll, I'll back up a step, a big consideration to why we did it this way that I'll describe is that we don't want to disrupt our users. We don't want to force add-on developers to rewrite everything to take advantage of this. Um, stability, I think, is key to our approach at Expression Engine. And so this approach involves getting set up is you start a Laravel 7, 8, or 9 project. You compose yeah. a require coil pack. And then you have a command to install Expression Engine through the command line, download it, unpack it, all that stuff. Or you can point it to an existing Expression Engine 7 plus install on your, your local disk. Um, and that kind of sets it all up. Then you access the site through a Laravel route, and it loads Expression Engine behind that and proxies the requests through that. But it also, at this point, it has bootstrapped all of Laravel all of Expression Engine. Gotcha. It's done a okay. lot of gluing the two together so that an Expression Engine extension hook fires. We translate that to a Laravel event so you can listen for Expression Engine hooks with a Laravel listener. Um, yeah, right. And we set up a, a eloquent database connection. We give you a lot of eloquent models already for the Expression Engine tables. Um, we've set up a GraphQL endpoint for you at that point, and we've set up Twig and Blade. Um, so yeah, the package is really about gluing the two together um, for the developer. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So what about the upgrade path? I mean, we you, we talked a minute ago about uh, Code Igniter and its history in and among all this stuff. Um, I have a client running an Expression Engine three site, and a few years ago, they invested significantly in getting from Expression Engine two up to three. And they had a lot of custom module code written by another agency. Um, I wonder if we could talk a little bit about not only the history of CodeIgniter and the relationship it has to Laravel, but also the upgrade path for that particular client. We can jump into the details of it in the in this next uh, episode of this podcast. But I'm interested in, if you're on EE3, how painful is that upgrade? to get to EE7 so that you could start to take advantage of some of this goodness. I don't remember the exact uh, release of 6. If it was 6.1, I want to say. Um, we actually went back. And traditionally in Expression Engine, you had to go from 1 to version 2, to version 3, to version 4, so forth and on. Um, I think it was 6.1 where we actually made it so you could upgrade directly from any Expression Engine 2.x install to 6. Uh, we've since carried that through to seven. So you can do a direct upgrade from a version three site in this case to the most recent version of seven. Um, what are you going to run into? So, you know, it's kind of the second part, right? Um, 
when we look at expression engine, version two to three was a pretty big shift in paradigm, if you will. Um, you know, a lot of the code under the hood changed. It was, I don't want to call it a full rewrite, uh, a partial rewrite, maybe more accurate, um, but it was a heavy lift for add-on developers. Going from three to four, four to five, five to six, and six to seven uh, is a much simpler uh, lift, if you will. Specifically going from three, uh, what stands out to me is in version six, there's a shift from member groups to member roles. Um, so in the past, uh, in the old times, if you will, Expression Engine allowed one, a member to be a part of one group. And in six plus, they can be in multiple roles or role groups, if you will. Uh, from a code perspective, if there's custom add-ons, like you mentioned, uh, what happened behind the scenes is really the member groups table got renamed to member roles. So I would say 97% of the time, something like that, uh, the code update is really just switching uh, table calls from member groups to member roles. Uh, so that ends pretty easy. Um, the other end is obviously add-ons that are not upgraded. Um, so then you get into a potential migration to a different add-on. Uh, most of the add-ons that were on V3, though, uh, have carried straight through to V7 at this point. So um, I'd, anticipate, I'd anticipate that being a fairly straightforward upgrade. I mean, I don't know the site, right? Like, you could tell me there's something crazy going on, but... Yeah, I, I can tell you I've done three upgrades in the past month. And um, to be very painless, I have gone from three to five to six and then seven. Mostly just so I can keep a uh, babysit the upgrade a bit better myself. Um, but yeah, they've been fairly painless. And the add-ons, as you know, the ones in Craft 3 or 4, a lot of them work with 5 anyway. And I haven't had a need to find anything that hasn't been out there already. has been upgraded for 6 or 7, so it's been fairly uh, painless. And I must say, um, and I made this point to a few people, that in previous... Um, previous clients have come to me and they've had older versions of Expression Engine and they've been on two or three and I wasn't that familiar with Expression Engine 6 I never worked in it but a lot of the cases I would move them from Expression Engine to another competing CMS because I'd be more familiar with that these days but now that Expression Engine 7 has come out I find my now there's another option so if they're on Expression Engine 2, I feel much more comfortable moving them to Expression Engine 7 and keeping all their old members, their e-commerce, everything on the site rather than having to move to another uh, more comfortable um, option than that. So I'm really pleased that Expression Engine 7 is out because it gives that um, extra choice when you're dealing with older clients or, or on older versions of Expression Engine. So I'm, I'm grateful for that at least. And I'll interject a little bit of backstory there too that Tom maybe won't share because it he's too humble. Um, but we had for a long time a really big business of upgrading sites for clients. That was kind of, we were pushing that. I remember advertising for that. We had kind of developed this process. We had patched the EE updates files so that we could go from two to six or five at the time. Um, and you know, that was really helpful. We could upgrade big sites fairly quickly. We'd written Laravel apps that would take the site files, run through all these steps, give shoot the database back out and the site, and, you know, we, we could systemize that process. Um, and 
after we acquired Expression Engine and we're working on six, Tom said, you know, everybody needs this. This isn't just, you know, a profitable thing for us. This is what the community needs. This needs to be easy and to go, you know, to keep everybody on the major version. So that got rolled back in all of the patching, all the, you know, research that we'd done to make that possible, um, which I thought was a really cool attitude. Yeah, definitely paid off because I mean, even when I worked with Atlas Lab many moons ago in support, like the upgrades were always um, tedious to troubleshoot um, from the from the support's perspective, at least in a way. Um, Brian, you're touching on the old school culture of the Expression Engine community. Um, this this is why it flourished back in back in the old days. Is the the attitude about um, web developers doing their work and serving their clients and serving each other was collegial. You know, we we're looking for ways to yeah. help, looking ways for ways to streamline and and make things more efficient for everybody. And uh, we we all had faith that if you adhered to that principle, the, the the business and the money would take care of itself. And that's been true in a lot of communities that I've I've seen since then. Um, so yeah, I, I'd have to echo that I, I like this development quite a bit. And you know, Tom, I just want to congratulate you on sticking with it. Uh, it was an acquisition some time ago, and you you acquired a lot of add-ons. Uh, some some Soul Space add-ons had a lot of lines of code, man. Um, and you you know you showed resilience and fortitude to hang in there and and keep it going. And it sounds like you have something uh, pretty appealing right now, especially since you've created a portal between these two uh, big historic uh, PHP communities on the web. Um, maybe this is a good breakpoint. Um, I, I want to get us into talking about some more specific use cases, how people could bring CoilPack to bear, Expression Engine 7 to bear on existing web problems. Um, but let me just take a minute to thank you guys. Tom, thank you. Brian, John Henry, thanks for joining this episode. A couple of weeks from now, we'll get back on this conversation and pick up where we left off. So thank you all. You've been listening to the Soul Space Podcast. 